He's with us. And uh, was there anybody that just had something on their heart that maybe for everybody that the Lord placed on your heart? Just I want to take a second and if if you have some that's maybe from God that uh, might be from for all of us. So I can just look at all of you. There's there's enough of you. I can just look at all of you and go, okay, okay. I just I just. Thought I might want to check and see if there was something stirring in somebody's heart. Um, <clears throat> just want to look for a few minutes. Let, let's turn to Psalm one thirty nine. Just I just really have a. It's a really simple message. Sometimes maybe those are better. We don't try to overthink them. But uh, Psalm one thirty nine. You may be familiar with it, but you may not. It's a great psalm, written by David. Psalm one thirty nine. You know, we've been talking about just having God's presence in our homes, and this is this wasn't even planned to be a part of that series or whatever. Uh, it's just kind of just something the Lord laid on my heart, but it does really tie in that this is this is a psalm about the presence of God being with us wherever we go. And uh, you know, David, David was the only person, the only human in the Old Testament where it says the Holy Spirit came upon him and never left. If you read through the Old Testament, what the Holy Spirit would do, he would come upon people and then he would depart. Uh, in other words, it was to do a certain thing. You know, when Samson, I, I'd like to tell this, I'll tell this once again. Samson was probably not a big guy. Samson was probably my size. I'm just going to guess. Is that the uh, monitor? Okay, thank you, sir. So you've got to get that fixed. Um, you know, if Samson was a giant, huge man, and he could take everybody, why would they wonder where his strength was? What's the secret to your strength? Well, they'd say, look, you're a gigantic man. Of course you're strong. That's why they said, what's the secret to your strength? Because it was from the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit would come upon Samson, and he would be strong. And then for what he needed, and then the Holy Spirit would depart. But that's how it worked for all the people of God in the Old Testament, was except there's only one person. It says the Holy Spirit came upon David from that day forward. That's why when David sinned and committed a really bad, bad sin, adultery and murder, I mean, two of the worst things you can think of, in Psalm 51 is David's prayer of repentance. And what is part of his prayer? It says, Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Because David was scared. Like, if I don't want to lose your presence. I don't want to lose your, your presence on my life. Because he'd had it for his whole life since he was anointed. Once he was anointed, it says the Holy Spirit came upon him. He was anointed with oil to be king. Even when he was only probably around 16 years old. Uh, and he didn't do it till much later. But the power and presence of God came upon his life. So Psalm 139 is, is talking about the presence of God. And so wherever God is, uh, you know, that's a good place to be. And so David knew that, and David cherished and honored and loved the presence of God. And it says this in Psalm 139, O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise... You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. 
You hem me in, behind and before. You've laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Makes sense that David's saying that. In other words, even if I wanted to get away from you, God, I can't get away. <laughs> Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If, if I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea... Even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame is not hidden from you. When I, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, you saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. O oh Lord, if only you would slay the wicked, O oh God, away from me. You bloodthirsty men, they speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who rise up against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting that's good it's good just to read that I'm going to add just a little bit to it probably won't even take that long I hope Sam doesn't have too much to teach those kids up there so search me O God and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts this is a huge thing that, that I want to share with you I probably shared it before so some of you can like you know, like cover your ears, those of you that heard this before. But you never want to search yourself. You never want to search yourself. Let God search you. Because what happens when you search yourself? If you want to find something wrong with yourself, do you think you can? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless you're totally delusional like some of us are, maybe, and you're like, oh, man, I'm, 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 the, I'm the answer to everybody's prayer. <laughs> So, nobody thinks that in here, right? Uh, sometimes those thoughts enter our heads, right? But you know that's. But you know, I mean, when you're a teenager or something, you might have those thoughts. Once you get older, sorry, teenagers, I'm not trying to say anything about. You know, I I used to, I used to think probably more highly of myself than I do now. It's like, oh, you know what? After after a little bit of time, you figure out there there's some things wrong with me. But here's the deal: God has never asked us to search ourselves and fix what's wrong. Because that just gets you depressed. That just gets you discouraged. If I go, let me try to find something and deal with it. You know, and that's, that's where you know, we, it's just a little bit of a change. Yeah, we, we want to have things in our hearts that we take care of, but let the Holy Spirit bring them up. Say, hey, God, you be the one that searches me. You be the one to find something in me. Because I found it's a whole lot better when the Holy Spirit brings something up in me. Then he brings it up not to shame me or to say, 
wow, golly, why, what is wrong with you? No, he says, look, we're going to take care of that today. My power is made perfect in your weakness. I want, I want to help you with that today. I want to free you from that today. I want to, I want to do something in that today where, where it's going to be different. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. I mean, some people, I've never had this, this issue, but a lot of people around us, they're battling all kinds of thoughts. There's all kinds of thoughts going through our heads. And some of us, you know, I'm saying we do that too. But the battle is going on in a lot of people's mind. There's all kinds of thoughts that are not from you, that are from, from, from our enemy. There's, there's thoughts in, in people's minds that we, we need God to, to know our anxious thoughts and say, Hey, Lord, you, you need to take care of this. You, I need a renewed mind. I need a, I need a mind that's thinking about the things that God wants me to think about. And the only way to do that, I renew my mind, number one, is, is with the Word of God, is as I read the Word of God. Have you noticed, you know, if, if you're in a place where you're just, you've got a lot of anxiety and you're just thinking about whatever issue it is, whatever problem it is, Hey, if you open up the Word, read, read till the anxiety is quieter than the voice of God. Read the Word of God until His voice begins to override those other voices, those other thoughts. As you wash your mind, you know, you read the Word. It says there's the washing of the water of the Word. We read the Word of God, the Scriptures, and it begins to overwhelm. And, and, and suddenly those quiet thoughts get a little bit quieter. They're still there, but we just, we're just not listening to them anymore. Because a renewed mind, a mind that's been renewed by God, is listening more to His voice than any other voice. Even my own thoughts. I'm like, oh, the renewed mind is thinking God thoughts. What does it say in this, in this very scripture? Verse 17, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Now, we get to, we get to have God's thoughts in our heads. That's an awesome privilege, an awesome promise, an awesome blessing. He says, hey, my thoughts are not your thoughts. In Isaiah, you know, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Uh, you know, you don't think the same way I do. You know, my plans are not your plans. <laughs> you ever notice God's plans are not our plans sometimes. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And so we invite God, first of all, make sure that you're letting him search you and you don't search you because he does a whole lot better. And he'll take care of any offensive way. If there's something offensive in you, he, he'll, he'll bring it up. We need that in our, in, a, in our relationships with our spouses, in our relationships with our children, in our relationships with our bosses and coworkers. We need to have those offensive ways removed from us, but the only way is the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. So I want to go back to the first part of this, 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 the scripture here. It's talking about the presence of God, and David's talking about where, where can I go from your spirit. Uh, I want to remind you of the promise that God gave one of the last things Jesus said before he left the earth. He says, surely I am with you even into the end of the age. So if you're a follower of Jesus, if, you, if you're a disciple of Jesus, that promise is to you that, that he says it's not going to be a come and go deal. It's no longer a come and go deal. My presence will go with you. I'm, I'm going to be with you. And I'm not going to leave you. I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. You've heard those words in the scriptures before. And David has experienced that same thing. Verses 7 through 12. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee? I don't know why David was trying to get away or if he was wanting to get away, but he couldn't get away. I remember, a, this is kind of spontaneous here, uh, my dad's best friend, Name was his name Steve Shell, um, his best friend from years and years ago. They went to they went to seminary together, and they they hadn't 
they didn't hadn't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were, you know, he, Steve was a good Presbyterian. My dad was a good Disciples of Christ Christian church pastor. And so uh, they went to seminary at Fuller Seminary, and, and somewhere along the line, they, they were both were introduced to the fullness and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so they were no longer Presbyterians or, uh, well, my dad tried to stay. They both tried to stay in their denominations, but it just didn't work. Okay, nothing against those denominations. It's just... It just wasn't working. Uh, there's a lot more unity now. Maybe that could work now. Who knows? But, you know, they had to move on to something something else. But uh, when, uh, when, when Steve was, uh, was, was baptized in the Holy Spirit, um, actually, Steve, excuse me, I messed up. That's when my dad was introduced to the baptism. Steve actually was introduced as a child, and he kind of just didn't have anybody to teach him about it. So when he was when he was young, I think he was a teenager, uh, he was saved and, and he got filled with the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know what it was, so he's really scared. And he went home, and all he could do was speak in tongues for hours and hours. We're talking like a 12 or 13-year-old kid. And he said, and it was like God was just on him. I mean, the presence of God was so real, he could like physically feel God's presence. And he was kind of scared. You know, no one told him this could happen. I mean, he just didn't know what was going on. And so I, I still remember he actually spoke on this at convention. And he said, and then he, he had this thought. And he said, I know how to get rid of God. And he says, so he, so he used the, the D word, darn, you know, but not darn. So he says, God, darn it. <laughs> and you know what? God didn't leave. <laughs> He's like. Oh, no, that didn't get rid of you. <laughs> so it's the same thing with David here. Where can I go from your spirit? In other words, you know, like, we're not going to get away from God's presence. He's going to chase us down. Hey, that's good news. Even if I want to hide from God, God says, hey, I'm hiding there too. I'm, I'm with you there. You're not going to run from me. I'm, I'm going to seek after you. I'm going to pursue you. I'm, I'm going to go after you. I'm going to be there. You're going to go to places that you thought you could go where there, there was nobody would know would go there. And then you're like, hello, God's there. I open the door. Boom. How'd you get here? I'm already here. My presence is going to go with you. I, my presence is, is everywhere. I, I'm, I'm seeking out for your good. I, I'm seeking out because I love you. You know, I was watching a movie, uh, just a, a portion of a movie last night. Uh, it's called The Encounter. I really, I really recommend it. It's got a little bit of bad acting at first, but you kind of get over it. But the story is, is about people encountering Jesus who's, you know, who appears kind of in a, in a diner, and he knows everything about everybody. And you know, there's one guy there that he says, you know, I'm just, I'm just, this is my last chance to reach you. You know, you were going to die tonight, but I caused this, the storm so that you, you wouldn't, you would have to stop off and not enter the storm. It's just a really amazing story, but it's like the heart of God to, to reach out to people and to, to seek them. It's like my, my presence is, is going to go with you. And here's the deal. Uh, God gives us that promise so that we'll have confidence and boldness and faith because who is with you changes everything. You know, have you ever... None of you have ever been. Okay. okay I've been to, uh, you know, downtown L.A. Let's just, let's just say this. Okay. If I if I was to go to downtown LA where I grew up in the LA area not I grew up in the nice area not the not the ghetto or anything but if if I went down to downtown LA there's a there's a great restaurant called Tommy's Tommy Burgers okay uh, and Tommy Burgers is right in the heart of just a pretty rough part of 
of, of L.A. Have you been there? No, okay, you're shaking your head like, oh, yeah. Uh, you've heard of it, okay. It's, it's, it's like this, it's, it's a chili burger. It's a burger, and it's the greasiest burger that you've ever imagined, and then they smother it in chili, and, like, they probably have never clean, cleaned the grill in, like, 50 years, and that's, like, part of the flavor. So if that sounds good to you, then uh, find Tommy Burger in, in downtown L.A. But, you know, if, if the first time I went to Tommy Burger, if I went by myself... If I'd gone by myself, I would have been a whole lot more nervous than if I went with a, a went, I went with a group of college students because I was in college. A bunch of college students, we drive down because you, you know, and Tommy Burgers was a safe place. It was it was one of the places where the gangs had decided we won't shoot each other at Tommy's. Okay, if we're at Tommy's, we're just going to eat burgers and like I'm, I mean I'm I'm being serious here. This is actually a known known deal that you know the Crips and the Bloods and all the different L.A. gangs like. On Tommy Burgers, we're, gonna, we're not going to have a fight. You know, we're just going to grab a bite. I mean, you know, they don't sit next to each other. I mean, there's no seats either. You just stand and eat your burger. And you feel that thing for weeks afterwards. <laughs> I'm not sure if I could still even eat one. You know, it's like, could I even survive that now? But when you're a college student, you can survive it. And you go there. It's about, it's about midnight when we would go. But, man, if I would have gone there... By myself, I would have walked into that place and seen a lot of people looking at me, looking like they want to hurt me, and like <laughs> I, it seems like those people might want to hurt me. Uh, I would have been nervous, but when someone's with you, it changes your perspective. And so that's that's what that's why God says, "Hey, look, I'm with you." Until the end of the age, because He wants our perspective to be changed. I have less fear. When I know someone's with me, I have more confidence when I have someone with me. You know, I'm, I'm not like, okay, this is my first time at Tommy's. Where do I order or what do I do? I had someone with me who's already gone through it, says, hey, we go up here. Here's your choices. Boom. Let me help you out. Uh, don't get a double. <laughs> don't get, you don't need it. Uh, you look like you can't even eat a single there, pal. But, uh, uh, you know, when you have someone who's with you and who's gone before, it gives you confidence. You're not as nervous. You don't, you, you're not, there's not as much fear and anxiety and confusion. You don't have to go, where do I go to order at this place? Like, where, you know, where are the, oh, the napkins are just by the trough here as we all sit and stand next to the, this dirty wall that has never been cleaned in the history of Los Angeles, and we eat our very greasy chili burger. But it changes because God, when someone's with you, everything looks different. And so God's, you know, reminding David here, I think through this, David's being reminded, you're with me, you're with me, you're with me. Where can I go? Hey, even when I go into the darkness, it's not even dark to you. You're light. So it's light there. Even when there's dark things in my life that show up, boom, you're the light. You're lighting them up. Even darkness is light to you. And so... You know, it's, it's a testimony of the greatness of God. And so be confident that God's presence is with you. And how much more when we minister, if we're, if we're, if we're doing something to be a blessing to someone, if we're in a, a, a CCU place where we're laying hands on somebody, you know, think about that God is with you. Because it's a game changer. It changes everything. If God's presence is with me, then there's more than just me in this hospital room. There's more than just me in this situation of conflict. There's more than just me uh, 
sharing with this person about the love of Jesus, there's someone else with me, and it's him, the King of Kings, the awesome God, the our God is greater, the one we sang about today and just had an awesome time in his presence. He's with me. When I lay my hands on somebody, his hands are there too. I need to be reminded of that. I need to be reminded, hey, he's with me. He's with, that's going to give, give me confidence. That's going to give me boldness. That's going to allow me to step out and take a risk maybe. Because we have to take risks sometimes. We have to cross the, the chicken line, right? Sometimes there's a chicken line there and we have to go, am I going to step out? And so he's with me. Man, if we, would just, if we could just close our eyes and whatever situation we're going into, especially ones that we're like, nervous about or you know that we're we're unsure that we're you know just just close your eyes and picture it what would it look like if I walked in there and Jesus was walking right next to me? What would it be like? What would change? What would be different about me? What would what would I do differently if Jesus was in the room with me when I had to face this or had to go do this? Just sometime close your eyes and just literally tell yourself, let me picture that. What would it look like? If I have to go have a, converse, a difficult conversation with somebody, you know, ask somebody for forgiveness or confront somebody who's hurt me, what would it look like? Hey, okay, Jesus is here with me. It's a game changer. It changes everything. And it goes on to say uh, here in verses 13, it talks about just God's creation. For you created me in my inmost being. You, you knit me together. You got the picture, you know, God with uh, the big old knitting things. Anybody remember Kim Pittner's message? Uh, some of you may have been here. There's a few of you that were here. Pastor Kim Pittner, one of our district leaders, was here, and he talked about this verse about God just just knitting us together. And it was like a, uh, I think there was a word he used for it. I can't think of, but he got he got the drumsticks and he was up here knitting. You know, hey, God was working on you. He was he was putting you together just like He wanted you to be. And so uh, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, when God made you, he said, whoa, that was awesome. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that one. Let's, I'm going to do another one. I'm going to do something different this time. Oh, yeah. Let's do a Bill, Bill Carroll. Woo! This one's going to be a little bit different, but, oh, it's going to be good. He's going to be good. Oh, look at him. You know, you... For you created me in my almost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, this is talking about value here. And not only does this affect me, this affects how I look at somebody else. It says in, in Genesis 3, or Genesis 2, no, Genesis 1, excuse me, that we were created in the image of God. Male and female were created in the image of God. So every human being intrinsically has value. Because we were all created in the image of God. Even Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are created in the image of God. Oh, I got you. Okay, I'm not going to go there. I'm just, but think about that. Does that not change my perspective? If I take a second and go, there's someone made in God's image. It makes me less judgmental. It makes, gives me more grace. It might make me see they might have a future. There's hope for them. You know, there's, there's hope for that person. They were created by God. They were knit together in their mother's womb by God. Because whoever created something has value. You know, I, I collected uh, baseball cards when I was uh, a kid. I guess I still have them, so I guess I still collect them. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't bought any for a while. Uh, but, you know, when, when I was a kid, you know, it was kind of a, a trendy thing because you wanted to collect the baseball cards. But, 
you know, I heard my dad talk about his baseball cards, and he had, he had Mickey Mantle. And he, I mean, because he's old. <laughs> when he was a kid, Mickey Mantle was playing, right? Some, okay, so he's not old, just older. Okay, older than me. Um, and so, you know, he's like, yeah, I had Mickey Mantle, and I had Willie Mays, and all those guys that were playing in the 50s and 60s, Sandy Koufax, and uh, if you're, I'm a baseball fan, so... I was like, oh, man. And he's like, I sure wish my dad hadn't thrown all those cards away because they'd be worth a lot of money now. And so when we were kids growing up in the 80s, those of us that were kids in the 80s, we're all around 40 or so now, um, you know, we were like, I'm collecting baseball cards. Someday these are going to be worth something. Someday these cards are going to be worth a lot. And, you know, the ones that were worth more were the ones that were more unique. You know, it was also who was on the card, and again, that's that's important. But it was the ones that were different. So if there was a, if there was some no-name guy, no-name baseball player, but they printed it something wrong, only on ten of them, then that card was the most valuable because it was there was only a few of them. There was there was there was only a few of them. So it's the same way with us, where God says, "Hey, you're you're valuable because I made you, and there's only one of you." Yeah, I didn't print 10, didn't print 10 Daves or 10 Gregs or, you know, 10 Sauls. There's, there's only one. <laughs> Some people might be saying thank you, Jesus, to that. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> there's, there's only one of us. Sometimes there's, our wives and our kids are going, I'm glad there wasn't another one of you. Holy, you know, that, would be, that could be crazy. But, I mean, there's, there's only one. But because there's only one, there, it's, that's extremely valuable. You know, the ones that there were a few of the card, those were the ones that you wanted to have. It didn't even matter whose picture was on it. It was just because there was only a few cards like that. But how valuable, how much more valuable is a person whom God says, I made you and there's only one like you. I was, I was reading, have you also read about those people that find stuff in the attics, you know, that are worth millions of dollars? You know, earlier this year in, in France, now this is just one I happened to look up. Somebody was going to fix their roof, and so they went into the attic, and, and they found this painting. And I've never heard of this guy, but when they, when they pulled the painting down, they're like, man, I wonder who, who did this. And it says a guy's name Caravaggio. Does anybody know anything about art, Caravaggio or Caravaggio? Well, apparently, no one has ever seen this painting by this guy, but if it truly is Caravaggio's, if I'm saying his name right, if it Caravaggio's painting, guess how much that painting is worth? One hundred and thirty-six million dollars. Only because whoever this dude is, we've all heard of Picasso, right? You know, if we found a Picasso, like you know, I'm chilling at the garage sale down the street, and I find an original Picasso, and I go, well, I'll, yeah, I'll give you twenty bucks. Sure, why not? Okay, you want fifty? Okay, fifty. Fine, hundred, whatever. Yeah, I really like this. I just really like this picture. But it only matters if Picasso really painted it, and it only matters in this case if this guy, because if this guy really did paint this painting, and it's the only one of its kind, then it's no longer a garage sale item. It's now worth a hundred and thirty-six million dollars. Now, Jesus set the price pretty high on each and every one of us. He says, the price for every single one of you is the blood of my only son. That's how much you're worth. A whole lot more than $136 million. A whole lot more than $136 million. 
and that can also help me as Greg was talking about forgiveness last week and uh, you know when someone does something against me I want to look at that and say okay Jesus that's a person who's valuable to you even though they've hurt me give me the grace to forgive give me supernatural power I need your strength again we're not minimizing what someone did but we're saying God I'm believing your power is greater to get me through this than it is for them to hurt me but when we have those conflicts, when we have those people that, you know, we're just like, oh, I just really don't like that person, you know, try to just tell yourself they're creating God's image. What's their value? What is that other person's value? It changes the way I treat people. I need to remember that with those closest to me especially. And so finally, 17 and 18, it says, How precious to me are your thoughts. We kind of talked about this uh, Briefly, were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. When I wake, I'm still with you. But the the other thought I had was uh, not only does, you know, who's with you change everything and who created you or who, who formed you change everything, but the source changes everything. You know, we live in a society today where everyone wants to have a voice. That's the whole point of social media. That's the whole point of Facebook and Twitter because we all want to have our say. Right now, what does everybody want to have their say about? Well, probably the election, okay? So it's good not to get too much into all that, all that stuff because everybody's posting their opinion because we think our opinions are very important, don't we? <laughs> My opinion is important, isn't it? And it's so important that I want to share it with the world. But it really only matters, the source matters. And so if the source of a thought is God, then it's a whole lot more important if the source of thought is me. And so I want, I want to have, like I said, I want to have his thoughts. I want to have, I want to, I want to go, I want to go to a higher source. I don't want to go to the source of me. You know, I don't want to go to the source of politics. I don't want to go to the source of money. I don't want to go to the source of oil. I want, I want to go to a source that's reliable, that's unchanging, one that's, that's, that is the truth, that knows the truth, that knows the beginning from the end. You know, I, w- I want to go to that source and say, what do you think? What are you thinking right now, God? I know what everybody else is thinking. I know what the world is thinking. I know what people in Texas are thinking. I know what my coworkers are thinking. I know what my relatives are thinking, and some of them I wish I didn't. But, you know, I, I know what all these people are thinking. I know what I'm thinking. But I need to know, God, what do you think? What are you thinking about right now? What is your thought on this right now? Because that changes how I respond. Changes. God, I want to know your thoughts. We need to have, man, we're in a time in our, in our world, we've got we to gotta know what God's thinking about. Because <laughs> there's a whole lot of things that are being thrust in front of us for us to spend our energy and time thinking or being anxious or worrying about. When God says, I'm not even, I'm not even dealing with that right now. Don't worry about that. Here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm doing right now. It's kind of like what Jesus said when he was on the earth. It says, Jesus said, I'm always doing what my father's doing. My father's always at work, and I'm just going to do what he's doing. Why worry about the stuff that God's not doing when I can be engaged in the stuff that he is doing? Amen. That's all I have to say. So how about that that closing? But I, I really feel, I just want to pray real quick, and uh, we'll be done. But I, I want to pray for the idea of, if any of these things hit you, that's, that's great. But I really feel like there's, there's some of us that just need to be reminded of God's presence, that he's with us.
So whatever situation you're facing, uh, if you're facing something challenging, right now, just as we all, let's just close our eyes. We're just, we're just believing right now, Lord, that in every single one of these situations, God, we just pray for a revelation of your presence there. We pray for a revelation of the presence of Jesus. And, Lord, even in situations in our past where we feel like you've abandoned us, God, I pray that you would show us what you were doing. Right now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would bring revelation right now. And, and you can, there can be healing this release, God. There's times where we thought, you abandoned me, God. You weren't there. Lord, right now, you're going to reveal the truth. Holy Spirit, come and reveal that truth right now. What you were doing in that situation, God, you were at work, and we didn't know it. You were doing things that we couldn't see. Lord, I pray for the, the challenges we're facing next, whatever we, may, we might need to face, where we might not want to go by ourselves. Right now, we're just believing, God, that you're with me. I will not fear, for you're with me. Even if I have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it doesn't matter what situation I'm going through, God. I am believing that your presence is going to go with me. And so right now, Lord, we just choose to, to picture that, to believe that, to receive that. Lord, whatever, whatever we're facing next, maybe it's something we don't even know that's coming, God. But when we get there, we're going to go, nope, you're here with me. I'm not alone in this situation. It's different because God is here. It's different. I'm not going to react the same way this time because you're with me, God. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to give in to doubt. I'm not going to give in to, to, uh, to anger and hate this time. God, I'm gonna, it's going to be different this time because you're with me. Lord, we just pray for that continued revelation. Lord, remind us that you would just be whispering in our hearts, I'm with you. I'm with you. You're not alone. I'm with you. Let me show you the way. Lord, when we're in new situations where we don't know what to do, you're going to go, here's what we do. You're going to lead us in the way everlasting, as it says in these scriptures right at the end. Lead us in the way everlasting. And Holy Spirit, we just invite you to search us. Search us each and every day. Lord, we don't have to search ourselves. We're, we're letting somebody a whole lot smarter, a whole lot stronger, a whole lot wiser search us and say, let's, let's take care of that today. Let's deal with that issue today. Let's deal with that, that thing in our, your past today. Today is the day. Today is the day of freedom. God, and we know when you bring it up, you're going you're gonna to release your freedom and healing, your power to bring us through it. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, be encouraged that His presence is with you, and feel free to fellowship and hang out and enjoy one another's company, and uh, we will see you again soon. If you need prayer, if somebody needs more prayer, please come on up. We pray with you.